This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestavani, and this is part two of Finding Your Inner Gold, which is going to focus on the sun. Now, in our last episode, we focused on the moon and how her connection to our bodies and emotional life helped to ground us in the world of reality. However, human beings also need something to believe in, to strive for. They need to accomplish things, and they need to achieve. And this brings us out of the watery depths of the moon and the mother and into the heavenly realm of the father, and our exploration of the astrological sun begins. Now, I would like everyone, again, to take everything that they know about their horoscope and put it out of your mind through the course of this show. Put it out. Just, just get rid of it. Put it out. Just, just, just forget what you know. Exactly. It will not be all about, it's all that helpful even <laughs> to know it. Um, if you want to read your horoscope, you would probably be better off reading your moon sign because your moon is innate. It is what you were born with. It is the planet that we develop for better or worse through the beginning years of our life and the planet we run back to when times get rough. On the other hand, the sun is always in a state of becoming, and it is more of a process than it is innate. We never really get to become a full Leo or a full Virgo or a full Pisces because it continues to unfold over time. And as individuals, we're never really finished. Um, and it's the quest or the journey that is the most important. And welcome, of course, to Keep It Magic. I want you to go over right now to our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. At CoventryCreations.com, you can, of course, um, if you have a problem in your life, um, you can, of course, find the candles that resonate with you in order to resolve those problems. But you can also schedule a reading with the lovely, gifted, and talented Miss Jackie Smith. So cruise on over there. She does Akashic Record readings. She does healing. She does a whole lot of stuff over there. So make sure that you book up your reading with Jackie. Um, to get in reading with me, of course, go to www. Um, Keep it mad, or stormfestivani.com. Again, that's com. I do have some spots for the month of June, so make sure that you go over and sign up for those because they will go really, really fast. So you probably want to do it within the next couple of days. Um, also, cruise on over to our show website, which is www.keepitmagic.com. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that the blog companions for the shows that I write up will all be on keepitmagic.com or on my website, whichever one you want. It's also on the Candle Wick Shops website and CoventryCreations.com. with everywhere. So just, uh, you know, you should be able to find the companions uh, for it as well. And also, um, uh, Jackie, normally I would start the show talking about the God Apollo. Right. Um, because he's the son of God. Yeah, right. he's the sun god. And there's a whole body of stuff um, with Apollo that I think is relevant for people to research in regards to the sun, but we've already done it. Um, and 
in the uh, the blog companion. Of course, I will list that show in the blog companion. We did it last year. Um, it is on the Sun and Sun Magic, um, and Jackie taught a course on it at Convocation. I believe it was Convocation. Mm-hmm. It was either Convocation or it was Convocation. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Um, I can it was convocation. Uh, and all of the stuff in regards to the God Apollo, in regards to, and the stuff in regards to what the sun cures in our life is in that show. This show we're going to talk about something different. What are we going to talk about, Jackie? We're going to talk about the sun. <laughs> what else are we going to talk about, Jackie? <laughs> we're going to talk about magic. What else? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, we're going to talk about the hero's journey. Um, oh yeah, and, that one. And and how it all comes together. And how it all comes together. And um, you know, my knowledge of Jung and Campbell and Neumann. Um, Neumann wrote the history of consciousness. Um, Campbell, of course, wrote a hero with a thousand faces. And Jung, of course, um, uh, is probably the most noted um, uh, psychologist that, or psychiatrist that ever used mythology that ever was created. Um, uh, and their work, although that they were not astrological in nature. They give an understanding of the sun's journey, which is truly heroic. It's you know, there's that um, syncretic stuff you talk about. Syncretic, yeah. There's there's an interesting synchronicity that happens with um, with what we know, with the tools that we use, with how with the rhythm of life. And so I think this is this is one of those syncretic. Well, it's one of the it's it's one of the things that Jackie that people when I get emails from people about the show, um, you see them in person. I get emails, <laughs> um, uh, and basically we have you know, our rules divided. Our, yeah, roles we have, divided. have our rules divided. Um, uh, the one of the things that they talk about a lot is how the two of us can take sophisticated either psychological theories or self-help theories or spiritual theories and apply them to astrology and magic. Um, you know, for example, your seven steps, mm-hmm. um, you know, came from the grieving process. Um, uh, and you extrapolated it out in regards to, okay, if this helps people with this, um, invariably we all go through little kinds of deaths every single day. Therefore, if it works through that, it will work through this. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that psychology, astrology, and magic are the three of the best syncretic bedfellows that there are. Right. I I agree. Now, have you ever heard of the hero's journey before, Jackie? Well, in tarot. Well, that's the fool's journey. <laughs> well, that's true. That's the fool's journey. The hero's and but I felt that the fool's journey was a takeoff on, on that hero's journey. Um, I heard about the hero's journey when I was um, reading um, Campbell. Yeah. Now it's very popular, and it's a very popular explanation in regards to how the soul develops. It's, and also, when you study writing, do you get the hero's journey? You do. Yeah, if you if you study the the um, different stories, like in literature class, yeah. they talk about the hero's journey yeah. and how each character in the book is on a type of hero's journey. Absolutely, absolutely. The the protagonist is usually on um, a hero's journey, and one of the things that I am actually going to um, uh, the one thing that there's not an enormous amount of in myth, um, and even in um, stories until recent times, Jackie, is there really haven't been a lot of female heroes. 
um, uh, that are truly heroic in the I'm going to conquer something. Now, usually, now there is a little bit difference in regards to male and female psychology. I think that the natural masculine tendency is to go out and achieve something in the world. Um, in regards to, you know, it's why that they're career-driven and all of those particular things from that perspective, because it is truly, a, you know, the hero's journey is solar. So it is easier for men to do. Women tend to do, just like the moon is easier for women. It's much more easier for women than men. Um, because we're just not actually, uh, uh, concretized in regards to our biology to deal with it in that particular nature. Recently, however... There is starting to be stories that have female heroes, and I'm actually going to amplify a little bit of one um, uh, as we go through uh, this, this particular show, which I think is fascinating, and I'm actually obsessed with her particular story um, because of the fact that even though that she is heroic and she is shooting bows, she's actually fighting for relationships, which is um, pretty fascinating to me. Um, I think I know where you're going with that. Yes, yes. We're going to the world of Panem. <laughs> um, now, uh, Jackie, we all have to find meaning in our life in some particular capacity. I don't even know. If, if I had to live life in this banal way and not have something to look forward to, I, and it may be because I'm a Leo and that I'm ruled by the sun, but I probably just wouldn't even want to be here. Okay. Not because I'm, like, suicidal or have any form of suicidal ideation, but <laughs> because, I mean, what, what, what would be the purpose? To sit here and eat and... Uh, well, we're both very purpose-driven. Yeah, you know, and, and shower and take a bath, and it's probably why I probably, even though that you know that I fascinate sometimes with actually, um, and maybe because I think it may be the cure-all for um, uh, a social phobia disorder, but, um, uh, but, you know, I flirt with occasionally doing a nine-to-five job, Jackie, and I've even talked to you about it sometimes, and then about a week later, I'm like, screw that. Hell no. <laughs> it would be boring as hell. Um, and, and I think the reason being is that there is a natural process in us in which we seek meaning to small questions in life, like why am I here, what is my purpose, is this all that there is. Um, and our ability to envision a future and seek fundamental questions um, to philosophical concerns, I think is what separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. And it makes us partially divine. Um, you know, I think that this is how human beings have, you know, situated themselves kind of in a demigod sort of role um, uh, here on the planet, although that we, we're not fully one or the other. Even though that we have a spirit and a soul, okay, um, we're not completely divine um, because we're in a, a body that's ruled by the moon. Um, and we're not also, because we have insight and the ability to reflect, we're not fully part of the animal kingdom. And I think that that is kind of the split of why this heroic journey is so important to us. Well, we all want to be our own hero. Yeah. I mean, there's... there's um, I, I, my, my own mythology and the way I process things is that it's easier to be a hero in the world than an, than an arc, arc villain, uh, yeah. a nemesis. Because the nemesis has to do all the planning. is the dark side. The dark side has to do all the planning and has to do all the heavy lifting and all the hard work. And, and they're so controlled by the moon. 
and they're very controlled by the moon. The hero gets to come in, swoop in, make a big old mess, and leave. Yeah. And save the day. And then and then the the, the mess is left up left. You know, there's that movie with um, what's his name with uh, Will Smith. Yeah. Where where he is a very poorly made hero and he gets in trouble all the time because he leaves the mess behind. Um, so I think in our lives it's so much easier to be the hero in the moment. Um, you can come, you swoop in. So that's my that's one of my things when I work with hero energy. But we don't want to be the bad guy. Nobody wants to um, be the bad guy all the time. It's not going to get you a good salary. No. You know... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you're going to have all the haters on Facebook and Twitter after you all day. So, yeah, who the hell wants to do that? Right. Jackie, what do you think that it means to be heroic? Um, what does it mean? to uh, When you're coming out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and you are bringing value to somebody else's life, you, it, um, changing their life, helping them, it's really coming out of your own world and mm-hmm. stepping into the bigger world. What do you think it means to be heroic? I think it, it. I think that it means exactly what you said. But I think that it is really following the course of your true soul nature. That I think is what it really means to be heroic. And the sun, um, like the mythic hero, is always in a state of becoming. Um, like I said earlier, you're never going to be a full Virgo. Um, uh, you're, I'm never going to be a full Leo. Um, uh, Mariah Carey is never going to be a full Aries. Uh, neither is Katniss Everdeen. Um, uh, you know, we're constantly in a state of of, uh, of unfolding the nature of the sun inside of the sign that we're in through the course of our lifetime, um, and it's an unfoldment process. Um, uh, and like I mentioned to you during one of our private conversations, you know, it's easier for us to identify ourselves through our ascendant. The ascendant is the path that we go down through life. Um, uh, for example, your path is, you have a Libra rising, um, a Libra ascendant. Your path includes beauty and harmony and balance and justice and, um, uh, you know, you're kind of like a, a goddess Athena. You know, at the end of the day, I know that you've been Athena at points in my life, um, in which um, at the end of the day, you know, you see things the way that they are and you have a lot of, uh, uh, of compassion for humanity and understanding of people on a deep level and that there is a point in which you will say you know what that person has experienced enough pain let them be mm-hmm. you know but that's a very very libran road okay in that process what happens is that your son will begin to unfold in a Virgoan sort of way understanding cycles understanding rituals understanding day-to-day life understanding how to live an efficient structured type of life um, uh, you know, which is what the uh, what um, uh, Virgo is all about. Virgo is not concerned about the laws of man. Virgo is concerned about the laws of nature, which yeah, is sometimes a much more ruthless that. goddess. <laughs> <laughs> so your hero, your heroes, you, the universal you, the people yeah. who are listening, their hero's journey is really manifesting, actualizing that. Um, archetype that is their son's astrological yeah. sign. Yeah, there is, you know, for example, if somebody is a Virgo and they're listening and they're like Jackie, I would, you know, recommend that they read the, the Rape of Persephone 300 times. 
Um, the reason, really? Because I really don't want to do that. Yeah, well, you should. Um, and <laughs> I don't like watching the Lifetime Network either, just so you know. <laughs> but understanding, you know, that, that the myth of Persephone is where we get our seasons from, and it's where we get, where we understand natural cycles, including menstruation, and um, uh, the underlying laws of life, which is the moment that you wake up from being born and you breathe in that first breath of air, you're destined to die. Um, sooner or later, it is going to happen. Hopefully later, but um, you know, sooner or later, um, it is going to happen. And it's very, very important for Virgo to understand that particular process. Well, the sun is our individuality. And the hero's journey is finding our individuality. Absolutely. Correct? Okay. Absolutely. The uh, you know, and the thing here is, is that with the mythic hero, okay, um, he must be called to heroism and be a fitting vessel for the divine to channel through him. Now, although that I did the, the, the sun and Virgo and said to go talk about Persephone, you know, go read about Persephone, I'm not going to get into a lot of placements of the sun or aspects because that would take a series of shows on its own. And I want you all to think about the signs you were born under. And in my blog companion to the show, I will list some of the myths. Um, that you can explore on your own, um, but it just we just don't have the time for it here. Um, and you know, and I, you know, with the moon, Jackie, you know, one of the most common questions um, uh, that I anticipate over time that we're going to get is why we didn't break down the moon through the signs. It's because I think that it's more important, especially for magical and psychological reasons, to understand these planets on their own and then go do your own homework because that makes it real to you. I can tell you that the moon is in Virgo and that you should probably you know, try to develop some structure in your life. And that may have some meaning to you, but to understand things on that deeper organic level, I think will have much more meaning. True, true. Because um, just like the, the myth of Persephone, that whole thing is about, um, from what I understand of it, from when I did read it, it's about that adversity becoming a positive. Yes. It's about looking at that. So again, this is you have to find your own your own piece to this whole thing. So um that's why we're not gonna go through, like you said, the individual signs, but I, I like that because you're gonna pull from this well, we wanna talk about the energy of the sun, not yes. just literally the solar energy that can power things and you know. But we're talking about the um, spiritual energy of the sun and how it affects your sign because the sun will always be the sun. This is what Storm has taught me, and let me see if I'm going to pass this test. The sun energy will always be the sun energy, that individualistic energy, the hero's journey energy. Um, It will always be that. Absolutely. And your astrological sign that the sun is in will um, not shape the sun. The sun will shape it. The sun, the, the, the best way for you to view it is the planet is the actor and that the sign is the clothes that the actor wears. So the actor is always going to be the actor. Richard Gere is always going to be Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. The clothes that he's wearing is the role that he's playing right now. Right, so the sun influences the sign. Absolutely. And how, and how you work the it. The sign influences the sun, um, not from the perspective of changing its nature, but talking about what mode it has to work through. So, for example, Richard Gere played a much different role in um, Pretty Woman than he did in American Gigolo. Kind of like the opposite. Yeah, kind of like the opposite. You know, he was <laughs> the, the pretty woman in American Nicola. 
thing with the hero's journey is that with the hero, the first step in the hero's journey is the discovery of where he comes from. Now, if you read myths, you'll realize that something occurs at some point very, very early in the life of the hero where he becomes aware of the fact that he's not like everybody else. Now, this happens to us probably around the age of five, that we're not um, like everybody else. Now, the hero usually discovers that he is the son or daughter of a god and that he is both mortal and divine. Now, this is our first hint about the luminaries, both the sun and the moon, that we get in the hero's myth. In order to be well-rounded, we need both of these planets, i.e., mortal and divine. Um, in order to become mature, integrated individuals. We need the moon to work with the sun so that the unique destiny and specialness we have in life provides us with the opportunity to create something real with it. So the something real is the lunar influence. Absolutely. The individual, individuality is the solar influence. The For example, let's use you, Jackie, because it's easier to pick on you. I live uh, my life as a cautionary tale. Feel free. Yeah, and she's my constant antagonist when I have all of these, these things <laughs> I need to describe. Because it's easier for me to do so. It's not because I want to pick on her. <laughs> oh, sure you do. I'm so interesting. <laughs> the idea of going out into the world and creating a line of candles mm-hmm. is solar. The doing it and the manifestation and the completed process is lunar. Gotcha. Um, uh, And it is meeting both of those. Um, uh, And we all go through a hero journey many, 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 many times in our lives. We have usually a big one. We have some that we go through in the course of a day, okay? Um, uh, But, you know, we we all go through this particular process at many times during our lives. Now, the sun, it differs from the moon in the fact that he's not bound to his hometown. Um, He's not bound to the tribe. Um, in fact, all of those concerns are absolutely meaningless to us. <laughs> he could care less. Um, in order for the son to be special and for the hero to be heroic, he cannot be ordinary or one of the pack. He must learn to survive on his own. His goals are often dressed up in wanting to be a doctor or an astronaut or a candle maker or a desire to sail around the world or climb the highest mountain. Yet the reality is that the quest provides us with opportunity for meaning. So the purpose of the hero's journey, Jackie, is to go inside and find the inner essence or uh, what is really on the inside of the individual. It's not the type of meaning basically that comes from social accolades or tangible achievements. Uh, That's lunar. Um, I'm not. I'm going to challenge you for a second. Sure. I have met plenty of people who have no desire to go far. Sure. They have none whatsoever. They are very happy right where they're sitting. But they're still heroic. The moment that you have an idea as a child that you want to be something when you grow up, you have activated the hero's journey. But what about the people who give up? We talked about them in our last show. So that's a lunar influence. Yeah, it's a lunar influence. And that there's many people, Jackie, that don't necessarily listen to the call. They don't heed the call. And as a result, oftentimes it comes up over and over and over and over and over again. And some people just don't take the call to adventure, um, which I'll talk about in a second. So so the person who is perpetually in school? Actually, they're trying to be heroic. Um, the but problem, they, the school is, we'll talk about in the threshold crossing. Okay. Um, that's where, the, that's where they're stuck. That is lunar in the fact that they can't, they're just, 
keep fighting that same dragon over and over and over and over again, okay? But it is still, they're still on some way uh, called to a particular journey. This makes so much sense. So let me just give you something here. Sure. So I know plenty of people who have continued to do their own thing, to to be their own hero, to go on the heroic journey, and they fail over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then... And, I, and I'm cheering them on. I'm like, come on, you can do it. I'm cheering them on. I'm cheering them on. What can I do to help you? How? And then all of a sudden, they drop out and they join, um, I don't want to say a repressive religion, but a very communal-based, rule-based religion um, or, or spiritual group and just do that. I think we have a lot of the same friends. Um, <laughs> probably with different names and different faces, but we have a lot of the same friends. Um, uh, I see that a lot. I think that um, uh, we talked about in the Lunar Show people that sometimes get addicted to um, that vision and that insight. Mm-hmm. And some people, Jackie, the idea of actually building some form of structure is too humdrum and boring. I know many people, Jackie, that, um, uh, and I talk to them all the time um, as uh, an astrologer, who flip from job to 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 job. And, you know, I know one client of mine, actual client, I believe I could be wrong with the number by a few, not many, but a few. Uh, but I think that they've had 30 jobs over the last few years. Uh-huh. That, to me, tells me something. They're called to the hero's journey. They're seeking something, okay? They're just not able to make tangible what it is that they're seeking in some form of a concrete way. So they're constantly in that particular state of searching. That doesn't mean that they're not on the hero's journey. It just means that they're stuck. Right. Okay, so I, I, I derailed the conversation in the, where you're going to talk about the hero's journey. Okay. Sure. Um, um, I'll let you get on back on course. Sure. The meaning, <laughs> like I said, does not come from social accolades or tangible achievements. It comes from finding one's specialness within. Mm-hmm. It's not the holy grail that matters. It's what we learn and discover about ourselves on the way. Right. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I think that and, – and it's an alchemical process, I think. Um, I think that there are so many things. Hopefully, people that get stuck in things, Jackie, sooner or later get the elixir and say, oh, my God, this is why I feel this way. Um, this is why I'm not able to build anything in any form of concrete reality. Concrete mm-hmm. reality. Now, one of the things that occurs early in the life of the hero is that he needs to find opposition and envy for mother. <laughs> <laughs> We, is, we do. Although this is more fun than the moon. <laughs> it's still, it, you know, it, it, keep your sword in hand. <laughs> um, this usually, now in myth, this is usually more dangerous than it is for us in the real world. <laughs> Yet the fact that the sun provokes envy from others is something to consider as part of our development. I believe we all need a bit of opposition in order to provoke our drive and determination. And Absolutely. To get, and to get the rest of the planets inside of us, which there's other planets, uh-huh. um, stirred up to work on your behalf. We often see this yes. when we have an idea or begin a project that people think is stupid. What you or, this reminds me of is, is your, when we talked about um, Kabbalah is the bread of shame. If yeah. it's too easy, it's not worthy. Absolutely. You don't, it doesn't, if it's too easy, it doesn't spur passion and excitement and vitality. Exactly. Um, to say, and the, and the wherewithal to learn how to 
to to move through something and process through something and grow from it. We don't grow from easy. And I think that oftentimes that opposition is the trigger to the call to adventure. Um, uh, another thing to know on envy um, is that when we have an unformed sun or the sun is not working that well, yeah. and we're not living out our own journey, or as Jackie says, we're constantly in somebody else's cup, um, we may invoke destructive envy of others from ourselves. In other words, if something happens in which you're envious of somebody else, they're triggering your son in some way and trying to wake it up. Mm-hmm. As you can see, this is tricky business. <laughs> Many people yep. who experience envy from others often turn around and run back to the warmth and comfort of the moon at the expense of inner meaning and give up their own individuality because they fear the opposition that the hero's journey may bring. In order for the hero to be heroic, he must develop toughness, self-sufficiency, there's insight, um, intelligence, he needs, um, and loyal friends to move to the next level. Hmm. So, you know, you need a particular support system. And also, uh, you, you know, the thing that I really want people to look at here is, because I see it all the time, Jackie, when you're constantly envious of somebody else or jealous of them or feel as though that you need to constantly be antagonistic towards them in some way, mm-hmm. it then becomes more of an inner issue than it becomes an, an outer issue. Well, isn't that kind of that, um, that's when that little bit of battle with the, the lunar energy comes in? Yeah, I, I think that, I, I think envy can provoke Artemis very easily. She can get you all frenzied up. And, and so, then you want to get everybody else frenzied. Right. And so um, it. It, it is that it is that challenge. It's, it's the defaulting down to. Well, it's easier to be pissed at you for doing something that you wanted to do, wanted to do first. Yes. Yeah. Now, the call to adventure, Jackie, always begins at the beginning of the story. <laughs> it usually occurs with a major crisis or an upheaval that provokes our inner fire to come out. For example, in the Hunger Games, um, which is I'm obsessed with the story. It's a great story about a female hero. Um, Katniss Everdeen is a lunar girl. Um, She's sitting at home assisting her mother and sister with their ordinary life in a poor village in the country of Pan Am. She is a skilled hunter, and she goes out and hunts in order for her family to survive. She is living a completely lunar life. Yet when her sister is chosen to be the tribute from her district in the Hunger Games, which is, if you haven't seen the movie, it's kind of like a reality show versus real life thing where they throw a bunch of kids into the arena and they have to fight and kill each other until one remains. In order to protect her younger, not sophisticated sister, (laughs) uh, she offers herself up as a tribute and off she goes on her own heroic journey. Now, for most of us, it doesn't happen this way, and there are a variety of life-changing events that do occur. Usually, it's at the point that there's either a transit or a progression that call us to um, adventure. We're plunged into the unknown and discover resources we never knew were there before. And it is um, – I've had it at at many times in my life, Jackie, um, uh, in which I can notably look back now in which the struggles and the difficulties that I've that I have gone through, which at the time I thought were the most miserable experience and why would anybody on the planet have to go through this, um, actually spawned me to be heroic. Okay, so where I relate this to is that moment where where one goes off to college or moves out on their own, and it's like I have to move out on my own or I'm going to end up 
sacrificing my childhood, so to speak. Yes. I'm going to retreat back into it. I cannot be a child anymore. Yes. And and um, that's that heroic journey when you're, okay, it's time for me to go out on my own. So if you have a failure to launch, <laughs> that movie with that kid, that guy that didn't leave home, yes. if you have that failure to launch, you're never, you never had an opportunity to go on that heroic journey to prove to yourself that you can do it. Exactly. Um, now, the next phase is that the hero always gets a helper, always, or assistance from somebody. Uh, I love this because you know what I always say? What? Magic takes two people. Now, this assistance comes from either one's parents or from a divine source. Um, help seeks to follow the hero's acceptance of the call, and he begins to acquire a support system. Either we find the right mastermind group or a new group of friends or some tool or device that we acclimate to rather easily. We find something when we begin that heroic journey. Um, the help uh, hand candle, by the way, if you're wondering yeah, how to PVC find those people. pipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jackie found PVC pipe. Um, yeah. Now, in the Hunger Games, Katniss finds help from Hamish, which is a surrogate father figure um, that helps guide her through the games. Now, Theseus finds Ariadne. Jason finds Medea. Jesus finds his apostles. Perseus has a whole legion of gods and, that are willing to help him out. Mm-hmm. And astrologically, this reflects the positive aspects in our horoscope that we often take for granted. Yet when crisis occurs, they just seem to be activated to help us. You know, um, right. you'll see them kind of come to life. And in my own journey, in the candle journey, as we are to say, I had um, a friend who we both wanted to make holiday presents for our friends. And so the assistance was we both did this. We both, both brought ideas to the table. And and there's that random assistance, which is interesting because sometimes we get stuck in that assistance that we need to hang on to it. Yeah. That we need we need that person who assisted us to be able to succeed. Uh, exactly. We need that that particular uh, support well, system. Like we beyond that moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, once we get that the assistance, we have our little uh, posse that's following us around, um, which is different than a tribe because the posse is only concerned with our development. They're not concerned about the uh, the tribe in any sort of way. Um, we now come to the most difficult stage of the journey, which is the threshold cost crossing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the point in which we meet a monster for the first time. Now, the figure is bound with the hero, and in reality, they're one and the same. Yet the hero must get past this phase in order to fully integrate. Now, here are some of the monsters that occur. Number one is a dark brother, which is the shadow side of himself. Mm-hmm. Number two is a lunar goddess in her darkened form, the witch, this wicked stepmother, um, this reflects the instinctual needs that are rooted in the family and the past, and it fights against the development of the individual identity. Then there's a monster or a giant, which embodies all the inertia and apathy and regressive conservatism of the instincts, which resists any kind of change or transformation. And this exists in all of us, by the way. Um, in the Hunger Games, Katniss is thrown into an arena in which she must defeat the victors of the other villages in order to survive. The arena is a symbol of the destruction of the individual because it was created in order to stifle rebellion and individuality for the sake of the tribe. Um, then there's puberty and adolescence, which is you know typical family types of conflicts. You usually see those more in fairy tales than you do in myths. Um, now, Joseph Campbell felt that the threshold crossing is often where people get stuck. Um, if they do, they continue to fight these figures 
their whole entire life. Uh, this is the point that the element of suffering is usually the most apparent, and it appears often as loneliness, isolation, guilt, enmity of others. Um, however, when the sun begins to emerge, if we deny this process of suffering, we will always have to find dragons, which is in arenas outside of us, because it's the play, place where we project our own pain. So it is in this case, Jackie, when somebody gets stuck going to school the whole time, um, the school is the process of suffering that they're stuck in. That's their dragon, um, because they're able to project their own pain of the outer world. In other words, they can't find the thing that is going to make them happy or the vocation that is going to make them feel fulfilled. Um, what the school actually is is the projection of their own pain. Interesting. Okay. So, in and that dragon might be, I got to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. I got to pay rent. I can't just play. That dragon might be, um, I actually have to get through this fight with my boyfriend. I think that the dragon actually comes up a little bit differently. I think that the dragon. I, I think that actually those are handling and dealing with it well. I think that when the dragon comes up over and over again, it is, I'm in school, I'm only working 20 hours a week, why is my rent, uh, uh, and I'm constantly having rent pay, uh, problems. Um, having the fight with the boyfriend, okay, I think is the re- constantly having fights with the boyfriend is the result of being stuck in the particular threshold crossing because it is where that they can project their pain. They haven't found that one person that's going to be able to understand them completely, um, even if that does not does not exist. So the problems keep occurring up over and over and over. You keep facing the same dragon when you're stuck in this because you're not, um, the sun is just not emerging. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the person suffers over and over and over and over again. Um, now, eventually the hero faces his real quest, which is a prize or a treasure. Um, and this takes many forms throughout our life. Now, the underlying symbolism of this reflects an indestructible nugget of identity, which gives us the ability to feel alive and like we have made a contribution to the world in some way. Mm-hmm. The secret to all of this is that the hero and his prize are the same thing. The treasure is the essential core of the hero. And um, here are the ways that they appear in most myths. A bride. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all, every, the vampire, uh, yeah, that's all the vampire yeah. stories. Okay, yeah, you know, the, the, you know, vampires and everything else uh, <laughs> uh, need a bride. Um, this is actually a symbol of the sacred marriage. Um, the divine hero is fully united with his other half, his humanity in the form of a woman. Um, then he goes on, of course, to create a dynasty. So Perseus marries Andromeda, and then he has children. End of story. Um, there is a solar drive for us to create a legacy which outlasts our own life and our needs to make our little mark in the world. So you could say bride or you could say true love. Yes, you could say true love. Um, Same thing. Um, Reunion or redemption of the father is number two. Interesting. Now, if we fully live the son, we must in some way work through that which our parents messed up. Um, uh, and give that new life, which is why I've always talked about over and over, if you listen to our shows in the past, that one of the most significant things that we have to deal with is our inherited curses. Um, inherited curses are often the unlived or unresolved aspects that our parents didn't deal with. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, probably the biggest one I've talked about was Whitney Houston's Neptune in the Eighth House. 
she has a familial Neptunian curse, which means she's constantly seeking some form of redemption. Of course, she paid for it with her own body. Um, uh, but there's some form of a redemption issue and purification and cleansing of sin and stain and worldly life inside of the familial psyche of, uh, of Whitney Houston. I have Saturn in the eighth house. Um, uh, you know that there is a uh, curse in my family around abuse, um, uh, and it is uh, you know with, with the person who has that planet in their eighth, it's up to them in some way to use it in some form of way that offers something up um, uh, in some form of constructive way to the collective. Uh, the sick or wounded father in myth is always an image of spiritual decay and a loss of hope or faith. So if you're reading a story, and at the beginning, Jackie, there is no father, or the father is dead in some way, or he's wounded, Katniss Everdeen's father is not in the story of the Hunger Games at all. Right. Um, uh, you know, because he died in a mining accident. Um, there is an issue in regards to the father that's going on within that particular storyline. And I would say that she has a familial curse that is associated with the father in some form of way. Um, now, the moon represents an essential substance which we share with our mothers on the instinctual level. The sun reflects an essential vision which we share with our fathers. Um, uh, and I think that sometimes, Jackie, that with these particular types of familial curses, it often can take several generations to cleanse it. Interesting. In other words, what you may be working on right now, Jackie, is not something that resonated with you or your parents or your grandparents. It could be your great-grandparents, and it's just been passed down all the way until it's got to you, and finally something says, okay, we've got to work on this. Well, that's something I, I do all the time in, in the Akashic Records, because it's not until it hits the, um, not until it, it starts to manifest in the generation that now has the ability to clear it. Because, like, stuff that I've cleared in my um, family curse issues that I've gone through, it it's stuff that there's that, that there's no way for my father to yeah. to um, deal with. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and the collective, I think, um, uh, conspires. Um, you know, sometimes when I look at a horoscope, Jackie, and I see the life path of a person um, with their horoscope, and you look at the chart and you go, aha, you know, somebody passed out a damn script here when nobody was looking. Um, uh, you know, because it will read like that um, in many ways. Um, the next thing, of course, is an elixir. Now, according to Campbell, the elixir must be stolen. Um, now, the motive of a stolen elixir may confer immortality. Um, uh, it can heal, and Parsifal and the Holy Grail, it heals the, the sick father. Um, it's, it may save the kingdom. Um, uh, you know, it may be, um, uh, uh, you, you know, for example, another disguised elixir is in movies like Independence Day or Armageddon, in which they find that final thing, Jackie, that is going to kill the killer asteroid uh, or oh, you know, yeah. get rid of the aliens or whatever. You know, that is the elixir. Um, uh, and... Uh, the, it's the magical substance. It's usually, first of all, usually a dragon or a monster has it. <laughs> so it's not easy to get. Um, and the hero has to steal it in order to bring it back into ordinary life. In other words, he has to go into this mythical um, world 
and has to start to do some self-actualizing and inner work, okay? It is through that inner work and facing these particular issues of life that he gets the particular elixir. Then he can't use it in that inner world, Jackie. He has to bring it back into the normal world in order to use it effectively. And he can never use it on himself. Never. It has to be in some way. It has to be offered up to the world in some form of capacity. Interesting. Now, once the hero gets the treasure, he must return from where he came from. So you've gone there, you got what it is that you needed, you got your golden fleece, okay? Now you have to go back through it again. So with Katniss Everdeen, she had to go through the arena twice. <laughs> she goes it through the first time in book one, she goes it through it the second time in book two um, uh, in order to, uh, to go through this. And this is, means that you must confront, usually in a new form, the threshold crossing again. So once you have that inner insight, Jackie, you have to learn this. You have to go back and do the same lesson again. Right, because you now you have to apply this new knowledge. Absolutely. Knowledge is not, does not become wisdom until you can apply it. Exactly. And if you don't learn it, the whole process is repeated again. Um, now, the sun sign reveals a great deal about one of the main themes of the hero's journey. Each sign relates to a particular set of mythic figures, and each sign has a planetary ruler or presiding deity um, with its own set of stories. Okay, so for example, the ruler of Virgo is Mercury. Um, so it would also be beneficial for somebody that is a Virgo or a Gemini um, to do a lot of research in regards to Hermes or Mercury or Toth, um, uh, you know, these uh, the, the Horus. Um, uh, you know, these are very, very mer uh, mercurial images. Um, the planetary ruler of the sun can give us insight into the god who engenders the hero. In other words, who the parent is, who is the divine deity. In my case, because I'm a Leo, it would be Apollo. Um, and it describes special potentials within us which we must work to find and develop. So, if your son is in Virgo, okay, and your presiding ru ruler is Mercury, or your son is in Pisces and your, providing, your presiding ruler is Neptune, okay, in some way there's going to be gifts associated with that particular god, okay? Um, Neptune, of course, would be um, Poseidon, Dionysus, Jesus. Um, uh, uh, you know, they all have particular gifts that you have at your disposal if you're willing to work at and develop them. Um, uh, but we need to understand that the sun describes a process rather than a set of behavior patterns. So who, who rules Sagittarius? Uh, Zeus, Jupiter. Jupiter. The king of the gods. Is that also Saturn? Uh, no, that's Capricorn. Okay. So Jupiter, oh yeah, so they've got to be, so they're learning how to um, rule. It's, it, Zeus is a pretty interesting deity. Um, he is the king of the gods. He tends to become very tempered and throw thunderbolts around a lot. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he is a creative god. He's a fertility god. Um, but it's different in regards to his particular fertility. Um, he has scads of lovers throughout mythology. He can't keep his zipper in his pants. But he is not going out and having affairs for the sakes of having affairs. He's, it's a symbol of the, the, uh, the ever-overwhelming creative spirit force uh, that constantly needs to impregnate something with life. 
um, uh, it's the seat. Um, so with people that are Sagittarius, okay, you often will get this when, when they're in that call to adventure. The tools that they get are zeal, inspiration, creative creativity that just overwhelms them to an extent that you wouldn't believe. They start to, they're able to see the future in a defined way that you just look at and you say, huh? Um, uh, you, you know, they're just so fueled with that particular intuitive power um, uh, uh, that, you know, nothing can really stop them. And they do it in a grand theatrical sort of way because Zeus was the king of the gods. He wasn't just, you know, the cupbearer. <laughs> um, Saturn, on the other hand, um, uh, is is the ruler of of Capricorn, um, uh, which the myth that I associate with Cap- Capricorn is the Christ myth, um, because at the end of the day, that when Jesus is hanging there on the cross, Jackie, the lesson is this: Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And the cross is a symbol of the Great Mother. It is the body at the end of the day that governs the sign of Capricorn um, and rules and regulations and um, uh, uh, needing enormous amounts of patience and having to pursue things in a way that needs detail and has to do with worldly authority and ambition. Um, you know, that is really what the Jesus myth is about when you get down to its, its, its very, very subtle core. Um, uh, you know, so you, you have all of these particular things, but when we express the sun, when we get to the point that we express that sun, we feel authentic and possess a quality of personal authenticity. Um, it gives us a feeling of personal potency and validity. Everything that we have done now feels right. Without this feeling, we're felt empty, desperate for reassurance from others. Um, you know, and I'm sure that, uh, that you have seen this often, Jackie, when people are not expressing the sun, they have to get on the phone with seven, and I've done it myself a million times, <laughs> 750 people, you know, to make sure that what it is that they're doing correct. Or I have many clients, Jackie, that, um, uh, uh, you know, although that I say this tongue-in-cheek, have to call me up to find out what color toilet paper to use. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that they can't <laughs> seem to move beyond uh, that, do anything where they feel comfortable with what it is that they've done. Yeah. At all. Now, the sun gives us the feeling that we have a future that has meaning and that our lives follow an intelligent design. And then we're able to, um, uh, uh, once we're able to do that, we, we're then able to gamble with the future. Once we've got that inner core, we can then gamble with the future. It doesn't matter so much to us anymore. <laughs> it, it, you're more empowered. Yeah. You you feel like you can, you can trust things. You can right. trust your intuition. The sun is extremely intuitive. Um, there's a natural tendency for us to take intuitive and apply it only to the water signs, which are more concerned with feelings and emotions and connections to others, very, you know, the lunar stuff, which can be intuitive, but it's intuitive in a different way. Um, uh, uh, It's intuitive in a way that um, connects people with people. The sun's intuition is simply about the future and the potential that the future has to give us. That's interesting because sometimes people get stuck in potential. Yeah. And but that's the sun and the moon. 
The sun's the potential, the moon's the actualization. Exactly, and it's why that you need that particular balance of both. You need the sun and the moon both at the same time. Okay, so let's talk about how we bring it into balance. Sure. Um, so let's talk about it. <laughs> so, so what are what is your um, uh, thought process on how to bring this into balance based on? Um, the astrological signs and the myths and the things and, and the hero's journey, what's the way you see the, the, in your day-to-day living? First of all, I think understanding them is the first key. I think understanding when something happens that may seem extremely tumultuous at the time may actually be a particular spring or call to action to create some form of... Um, uh, of life change. Um, uh, I think looking at your particular sun sign and understanding your sun sign and getting into it and embodied with it, um, I think is extremely important. I think that you can do a lot of magic around that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, I think that understanding all of these particular figures that are associated with your sign, um, all of these mythic figures, tells you a little bit about how you're supposed to unfold in some form of way. And I think that if you have an understanding of how you're going to unfold, and if you have the ability to kind of put that down on pen and paper, and you begin to see clearly what the next step on the journey is going to be. And if you can see it clearly, Jackie, or it becomes one of your friends, Mm -hmm. you can use it to your own advantage. So what I'm hearing from you, and, and combining it with my own um, personal code yeah. um, on what I teach, the first hero journey, well, maybe it's not the first hero's journey, but along your way, one of your own hero's journey is to battle, is to go into your own self, not battle yeah. yourself, but, but to, this is, this is a very heroic journey, and it takes a lot of courage to say, okay, what's really going on? Now, in our 20s, we're just going forward. There's not a lot of introspection. I really don't think that people even really start to think about these issues until their mid-30s. I agree with you because because when you're in your um, younger stages, you're you're there, you're doing, you're 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 going. Um, you got the pedal to the metal, and you're just heading through, and and you feel invincible. You have your sword at your side, and and your personality at your side, and you're just going to go through. Yeah, and if you're studying the stuff in your 20s, you're probably getting a degree in Jungian analysis. <laughs> right. So um, I think as we, we start to look at this, like you said, in, in your 30s, but in your 30s, I, I don't know, in my 30s, I, I still felt a, pretty, a little bit invincible, like I had this. I got this. I know what I'm doing. I think that that's part of the journey. I I do. So it's it's continuing to bring, so in the magical process for myself throughout my entire life has been learning what is the appropriate balance between the sun and the moon. Um, because I don't think it's the same at all moments. I don't think that it's the same at all mom- moments. And I think that we just have to be cognizant, uh, cognizant of them both. If we're going through a particular period in which we are extremely depressed, the depression from the Jungian perspective, is simply the body telling the psyche that there's something that's being unlived here. And usually what is being unlived is the sun. That, that's very powerful. That is a very powerful statement right there, is that depression is the message that something is being unlived here. Yes, there's that there's something that's being unlived. And, 
and it's you know when when I throughout my entire life and it might be different because of the generation I grew up in is that constant seeking permission seeking that, that permission to be myself mm-hmm. to actualize that son aspect of myself but th- there's another thing that you said earlier in this show that um you, we were talking about um uh I'm the different planets that conflict or mm-hmm. are opposed so right now my son is opposed by Saturn and um in my chart but that goes back to that that um in the hero's journey we need that opposition mm-hmm. and it, we've done shows on mercury retrograde and and the different we've always talked about the different retrogrades and how that is the that is your optimal point of growth you learn the mm-hmm. most about yourself and do the biggest changing during that process and it's it's the most painful and I think we we had talked about um, in the chart. I mean, just right now, astrologically, there's that opposition going on in, in um, retrograde, Mars in retrograde, and um, we're experiencing that culturally right now. Yeah, which is why we're talking about this because we need a new language. Uh, we we absolutely need a new language, and um, you know what I'm hoping is that the discussion on the planets that we're having provokes at least a little intellectual curiosity in people to strive towards understanding, mm-hmm. um, in this case, their sun sign on a deeper level. Um, this can take us often into domains of areas that we've not visited before or understand potentials that we've not even touched and allowed us to unfold properly. Right. Um, possibly... You've already been called, and Jackie and I are just your helpful ally that you meet in the beginning of your journey that helps you along the way, um, uh, which uh, you know has always been the goal of the show Keep It Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and We're not here to tell you the exact of what to do. We're here to, to talk, to give you a new language yeah, and new options and new ideas and how there's so much in this world that is already magical. Absolutely. I, I mean, life itself is a magical experience. Um, uh, if you think of all of the calamities and the, and the monstrosities and events that occur in the world, um, uh, it's interesting that um, uh, fragile beings that are made of flesh were not exceptionally strong um, uh, and were not exceptionally immune to things has over time evolved into what we've evolved into. Um, and I think that, you know, that we go through times culturally, Jackie, in which I think that the sun is more dominant. We go through times in which the moon has been more dominant. Um, uh, I will tell you when I look out into the world at times, uh, you know, and I know where the planets are, it's a little bit disturbing to me. Um, uh, but but that's all that I also have to go back and look at is that that in itself may be a collective hero's journey and that the difficulties and the adversity and the strife in the world at the moment may be leading us from one point to another. I hold on to that. I hold on to this collective hero's journey all the time. It helps me get through some of the craziness that I see. Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing a huge reaction out there um, in our culture, in our different parts of our America. Yeah. Um and it's and it worries me. I'm not gonna say it scares me, but it takes me aback for a moment and go and I offer up a few prayers. <laughs> I say, Let us get through this one now. Because um, I think that we live in a culture at the moment, Jackie, that is um 
moving increasingly in, in, in the direction of stifling both the sun and the moon. Um, and that kind of is scary. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, Rightfully so. You, you know, and here is the thing in regards to, um, I, I'm probably going to agitate quite the metaphysician um, with this. Everybody talks about the age of Aquarius. Um, and the god that rules over Aquarius is Uranus. And Uranus was an interesting figure in myth, Jackie, because he didn't like flesh. He was all about ideas and concepts and um, systems and um, formulas. And uh, if you add this to this, then you're going to get this. Um, But when he laid on Gaia and created the known universe, the first thing that created were the Titans, which were these fleshy beings of Earth. And he was disgusted by them and shoved them into the underworld, um, which means uh, disgusted by it and shoves it into the unconscious. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what frightens me the most is the fact that we are moving into an extreme technological age in which individual feelings, individual identity, and the solar journey is being quenched for something that at the end of the day may not even like flesh. Well, but yet I'm going to flip that around a little bit. Into, well, that's why you're on the show with me. And, and that's, that's, that's how I do. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story because that's how I do. Is that in your own personal hero's journey, when you bring the, the needs of the individual, your, your special unique talents, and you bring them to the community, which is the moon. When you bring those two together, you can change the world. Absolutely. So my little story is um, at the beginning of this month, I had um, the honor of receiving a Good Neighbor Award in my community. What community does this? My community does this. It's really awesome. And I did not know they did this until I was up for one. And I was, you have to be nominated for this Good Neighbor Award, which is basically you're doing things that makes our community better. Uh-huh. And you know why I was nominated? Because I did a ritual, a community ritual of love that I included everyone in. Uh-huh. And it was about um, bringing love and tolerance and replacing fear with tolerance and, and all, you know, many people wanted help with the um, marriage equality. And so some of the ideas that was brought to me was like to get those people to shut up, to get it to be our direction. And what I said was instead of trying to force somebody to do something they are uncomfortable with, Uh what if we heal the fear? Um, and, And everyone got very quiet when I talked about that. I said because we were more receptive to healing, to love, to um, a beautiful moment than we are to somebody challenging us and in our face. Absolutely. And so that when I um, when I was given the award and and I didn't know why I was being given this award. I've done a lot of things and volunteered for a lot of stuff in my community, and I wasn't quite sure why. Um, but when I listened to um, what they said about me, and I was taken aback. I, I I didn't it didn't register until later that night when I said. I just got a community award for being a witch. <laughs> for for putting magic out there in the world. 
mm-hmm. and and working with a, um, a, a mass of, of healing. Now, I'm not going to say everyone can go out and do that and their community will accept them with that, but you know what this whole thing started with? It started with me in individual conversations and and working with people to say, well, you could push and shove your way into it. What if you help someone achieve their dream and help them move on and out of your life so that you can move on and up in your life? So this is what I teach, and this is what I do, and this is this is how I am. So when you do these little minute things, they can potentially add up. And that's what we mean by keep it magic. That's what we mean by live the magic is that you are living your sun sign and you're bringing in balance with your moon sign and and having some consciousness about it even for one brief moment. It, it, exactly. And it is, I, I think that regardless, <laughs> I, I, I think that the takeaway is is that regardless of what the world may be doing, which can often be quite monstrous, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think that we all have to strive towards the balance of the sun and the moon. Um, it is the inoculation to many of the poisons in the world. Um, uh, and it is also, if we are to have hope, which the sun always does, um, uh, it, you know, it is through things like you say that, that allows us to overcome some of these more difficult uh, challenges. Otherwise, it just gobbles us up. Right. Right, because it can. I get very overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. Yeah. Uh, I get very, very overwhelmed by it as well. I remember that uh, both of us in 2000, I think it was 2011, when the earthquake happened in Japan, and we were on the phone, and I was like, why is nobody posting about this in the spiritual community? It just mm-hmm. it just boggled my mind. Everybody was posting about love, light, what I had for breakfast, all this other stuff, and I was like, nobody is even saying a word about this, and it was just disturbing to me on so many levels, and probably my own issue, but um, uh, uh, I just found it... Um, Weird. Well, just like the um, when all of those girls were kidnapped um, in early May, and how few people were talking about it in the beginning stages. Yeah. And it took quite a while for people to. It was too big. The 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 earthquake in Japan and those girls all being two hundred some girls being kidnapped. Um, Oh, that's insane. That's too big. That's too much for our mind to handle. Uh-huh. So that's why that's why we need to bring this the sun and this and this moon within us into a balance and how magical that can be. And again, this isn't this doesn't need to be your life's journey to do this. It can be some simple things by being conscious of it. By yes. saying, Oh, my sun is my individuality, which is shaped by this and this and this. Oh, oh, I get that. Having it, it just takes a moment. Of conscientiousness, it's very, it's very interesting how there's a very, it's just a quick, quick moment. And yeah, it can change everything. Absolutely, and we are done. Uh, we are. We're done. Next month, Jackie and I will be talking about Mercury and Venus. Um, uh, one will probably be rather fun, and we'll probably have communications problems during the whole call. <laughs> uh, the other one will probably be an exploit in the softcore pornography, but that's what <laughs> Venus does with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so make sure that you tune in. Um, Mercury and Venus are equally 
very important because they are inner planets and they give us our ability to communicate and our ability to be in relationships. So all of you love addicts will want to tune into the show on <laughs> Venus for sure. <laughs> so we'll probably have a million downloads on Venus. So uh, it'll be <laughs> um, so it'll be pretty interesting. Um, cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com if you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is. Um, uh, uh, you know, we have a candle for that. Also, um, the material um, on the hero's journey, I just want to say, it's not uniquely my own. It's been written about a bazillion times by a bazillion probably much more intelligent people than I am. Um, I would definitely encourage you to read um, uh, A Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell if you're interested, or Eric Neumann's History of Consciousness, or anything um, by Jung. Man and His Symbols is a really, really great portrayal of the hero's journey um, from Jung's um, own eyes. Um, and you can also um, find Jackie at Coventry Creations to get a reading. You can find me at stormtestavani.com. And until we talk about Mercury, what do they need to do, Jackie? Oh, by the way, Mercury might be in retrograde, and I've checked that out, but it'll be kind of fascinating if it is. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's a very simple thing. It's a very easy thing. We just got to keep it a little bit magic. <laughs> Speak life, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between.